So, so, so good to be back. Um, to feel like we're back home. Um, and it's the truth. I think home is where the heart is. And um, it's good to be back home. Good to see everybody. Nice to meet you, Liesl. Lovely to meet you. Good to have you, Sis, here, joining us and seeing the familiar faces. We've missed you. And it's such a cool thing where we can be one of those people now that like, we send greetings from Cape Town and from our church there to the Church of Adventure Church. Super cool. Um, but, I mean, I'm going to share a bit of what's on my heart. So we, we, we were coming and Nick says, like, do you want to share whatever's on your heart? And it's always a big thing when it's whatever's on your heart because it could be anything, right? Um, and there was actually so much that I wanted to share. But the first thing that kind of just dropped into my heart was to talk about seasons and I've really been wrestling my own understanding of it. Um, and, and God's been speaking throughout the last week and a half. But um, I'm hoping what I'm sharing today is really going to hit home for you as people, but also for Adventure Church um, and just where, where, where things are as a, as a church, as a gathering of people. Um, so, yeah, but as I go into it, I'm going to mention a date. It's so a 9th to the 18th of July. 2011. Anybody remembered what was significant about that date? No one. We've 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 taken it out of our memory. You know, we've tried to suppress the feelings, but it was a day when KZN literally imploded, uh, and people took to the streets, and riots took place. And, and, and shops were looted, and, and Liesl maybe weren't in KZN at the time, but it was a crazy week where we all remember that week um, of, of just, hmm? Sorry, 2021, 2011, 2021, my bad, my bad. Feels like, you see, we're pushing it even further away. 2021, no wonder you wouldn't remember 2011. 2021, so... It was a crazy week of, of, of something that I don't think any of us in the room, if you were yeah, would ever forget. Uh, and many people in the whole of KZM will ever forget. But it was a very special week. And if you show that picture that's up next, it was a special week because we got to gather. And I remember very, very clearly connecting, giving Nick a call in the middle of all the craziness and saying, and as both saying, now is the time, you know. And and it just it's, it's such fun memories as we started to connect. And, and I see the Falkers there, and I see Sharon there. And times when everything felt like it was going crazy in 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 KwaZulu Natal, but people were standing on the truth of God's word. We're standing on the truth of the promises of God, and we're we're busy warring. Uh, for, for what God has for this province and for the people. And it's an incredible time. And then, I mean, just one month later, Adventure Church was launched. Under trees still. And it's easy to forget where we've come from. But God's taken this church on a journey. He's taken this church and us all on a journey, not just as a body, but individually from these times. If you had to kind of track what God's been doing in our lives, He's been doing stuff. Um, but I just, just love seeing this. And it was interesting. It was around about this time when um, we as a family 
felt that our season was possibly drawing to a close and we needed to go back to Cape Town and and, and Nick preached in about October or so and he shared this verse in Habakkuk 2 verses 3 and I remember that we kind of made a decision that the time was then to go but he shared the scripture of for the vision is yet for the appointed time it hastens toward the goal and it will not not fail though it tarries wait for it for it will certainly come it will not delay so if you skip to the next slide the the words that are coming out here is um, these parts of the appointed time which will magically come out in, in like yellow and no okay we'll just leave it there it's a mac thing but um <laughs> so the the parts that stands out is this idea of appointed time and wait for it and as i was diving into this understanding of seasons well firstly this one yeah challenged us and we knew it wasn't the appointed time yet and it wasn't the right season yet and we stayed longer it challenged us to make changes to our plans um but even back then there was this idea of time and waiting and understanding what that means for you on your journey with god and also what does it mean for the adventure church story and that was two years ago and i believe there's still the space of understanding time and waiting that god wants to reveal to you and to this church so even on your website isaiah 49 verses 2 it says you've got it and it's on the website if you don't know about it it's kind of a cool thing and if you don't know chat to nick and you can unpack it but it says that he made my mouth like a sharpened sword in the shadow of his hand he hid me he made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver and even this speaks to something of appointed timings and uh, and, and times of waiting because there's a space here where God is sharpening us and doing something with us for a purpose, but we, 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 we kind of maybe not moving at that time. And there's other times where he wants to be hiding us and protecting us. And there's other times where he's putting us in, his, in, in a quiver, not ready for something yet, but busy preparing us for something. And I can just imagine when it's a time to actually use that, that bow, there's that, that arrow, there's a time of stretching and there's a time of directing and then a time of sending and a time of actually seeing things happen. But again, in the life of Adventure Church, there's this idea of time and waiting and understanding what is it that God's actually doing right now? What is it that he's doing in my heart? What is it that he's doing with us as a body of believers? Because he's given us promises and we've got prophecies and we've got all these things spoken to Adventure Church but we're not there yet but where are we now and i think when we know where we are now we're going to have a better sense as to what 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 does god want us to be focusing on right now uh, until his time is right for there to be the promises being fulfilled that we're so eagerly and waiting for but all of this speaks to the very essence of god's timing and understanding the season that we're in as a church the season that you are in personally it's one of polishing, of sharpening, of hiding in him, of being concealed or being shot and sent with a purpose to what God has planned for you. We live in a world where we have a warped understanding of time and waiting. Um, if I think about time, I think about efficiency, productivity, 
getting a return on investment, busyness, deadlines, priorities, like, you know, time is money. This time feels like such a rush thing and waiting almost feels like the opposite of time. It feels like we're in a world where waiting is, is, is frowned upon because it's at the expense of time and you can't wait. You actually just need to go, go, go and the future needs to happen now. Otherwise, we're not doing the right thing. But I feel like God's got a very different approach to time and waiting that is different to the world and it can settle our soul and it can bring us rest. So, we can just pray and then we'll dig a bit deeper. So Father God, I pray that this morning you'll open up our hearts just to, firstly, just to be here. If there's things that we're thinking about stuff that needs to be done, things that are on our mind. Father God, that, that we can be here in your presence because you are here and open up our hearts to hear from you. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you speak to us about our own journey and you challenge us in our own journeys. And also you give us revelation as a church, as an adventure church, to be able to, to know what to do in the now as we trust you for the promises that you've got for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, again, Habakkuk 2, verses 3. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal. It will not fail, though it tarries. Wait for it. For it will certainly come, and it will not delay. And it's this funny thing again. It's saying that the vision will be quick, but wait. And it's this tension between it all. And the waiting's hard. So, Charles Stanley has this amazing quote, and he says, and our, oh, I have to read what he says. <laughs> our willingness to wait reveals the value we place on the object we're waiting for. I just love that. It's like, let's understand the object we're waiting for. Let's understand the bigness of God's promise for Adventure Church. Let's understand the bigness of His promise for, his, for our lives. Because then we're not going to rush for it because... It's worth waiting for. Um, but I'm praying and trusting that today we're going to get a little bit of an insight into the bigness of what God's called and what He has for us and also an insight into what to do in the waiting. So Matthew 8, um, well actually l let's, start with, let's start with understanding what we're waiting for. Um, are we as Adventure Church, I'm going to start as a church, but also personally, but are we waiting for a building? Or are we waiting for something much bigger than that? Are we waiting for something much bigger that God has in store? Are we waiting for thousands or hundreds of thousands of lives changed? Are we, what are we waiting for? What's the bigness of it? So that we can have that up there so that the way, in the waiting, we know it's worth it. So last week, I believe Nick spoke about revival and the desire for revival and hey guys well what if revival comes you know what are we going to do then and what does it mean that we need to be doing now and i didn't know that he had spoken about that but it ties into a little bit of that like what is it that we're waiting for um ultimately we're waiting for uh, similar to revival we're waiting for harvest we're waiting to see the harvest that god has given to us and what is that harvest and how will we explain it? In Matthew 8, verses 36 to 39, 
Jesus says, it says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest and send out laborers into the harvest. Uh, into his harvest. Not the harvest. I always read the harvest. <laughs> into his harvest is what it says. And yeah, send workers into his harvest. And his harvest, based on scripture, I always have this understanding that the harvest is revival. The harvest is looking around and seeing people yield and people saved and just seeing this change and that's the harvest but jesus is saying something very different here actually so first you just have us understand well what is the harvest according to jesus the harvest are seeing harassed and helpless people out there people without a shepherd that's the harvest it's already there and the harvest is yeah and it's saying that the harvest is plentiful and it's his harvest <laughs> But the workers are few and we're needing to go into the harvest that doesn't look like it's that doesn't look like it's hundreds of people declaring Jesus as Lord yet. But it's people that are lost and the harvest is already there. So first step is let's just understand what the harvest is. And with that in mind, the harvest is there. It just might not look like what we think it will look like. And the goal sometimes isn't to go in and reap the harvest but to go in he's not sending people to 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 collect the harvest he's sending to people workers in who are very few because it's hard work to get done to actually work it to bring it to that time of fruitfulness so part of the space of of responding to god's call to go into the harvest is actually not to harvest the crop but to do work in the ground to be able to do work in the soil to be able to plant seed it's a starting it's, it's it's a key first step of the harvest and of revival um so focusing just on the collection of a harvest that's ready to be picked for example is missing the journey of the lord of the harvest that he has us on the journey starts with Jumping in and actually saying, well, how do I work the soil in the area? Yeah, what is it that I need to be doing? How do I start plowing the land and getting stuck in and getting it ready? How do I plant seed? Um, how do I water it? Because it's God's harvest and he will then make it, uh, make it fruitful. And guess what then, Adventure Church? <laughs> the last two years you've been operating in the harvest. You've been planting seed. You've been digging. You've been doing all these things and you don't see it but those stages operating in the space of harvest where you're doing those things you don't see it the seed goes underground you see nothing but god starts doing something underground and you will see it in due course and that's what we're waiting for is the fruitfulness of the things you're doing anyway um genesis 8 verses 22 just speaking about seasons and understanding the time that we're in um, it says how it's just after Noah landed and as long as the earth endures sea time and harvest cold and heat summer and winter day and night will never cease so even after the earth went through this complete change and God kind of hit reset with these people he said this still won't change 
there's still going to be seed time, there's still going to be harvest time, there's still going to be summer, the winter, there's still going to be cycles that you're going through. And that's an important note, just to know that, that God still works that way and He's working that way with the life of this church and with us individually. Just where are we at? So the harvest doesn't stand alone. It starts with seed time. It starts with working the soil. Summer and winter and seasons, it's a reality we need to understand. It's part of God's plan to know that the season that we're in. And I feel that there's something of a today that we're often wanting to live in the season of fruitfulness. And we're wanting to see that so eagerly. But we're spending so much time there that we sometimes just forget that actually we just need to be continue sowing faithfully because God's doing something. He brings things to its harvest. So Psalm 20 verses 4 says the sluggard, and I had to go look up the word what sluggard means. It means the lazy person. So the lazy person does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. So if we're not plowing at the right time in the right season, we're going to get to the time of harvest and there's going to be nothing there. And God's given us a space and a time now, which I believe is a plowing, soil preparation, uh, a seeding time. And it's a good reminder that we're excited for the harvest, but if we're not planting and, and focusing on what we need to be doing now, you can get to the harvest and there won't be anything. 1 Corinthians 3 verses 6 starts understanding that we're not doing this alone though um, I'm going to have to read it there <laughs> and it says that I Paul talking about this process of planting and watering it says I Paul planted the seed and then Apollos he watered it but God makes it grow and I think there's also a space sometimes where we can get a bit despondent because we may interact with somebody or, or plant a seed or do something in somebody's life but God's bigger picture of the church is Dale's reaching out to this person and then the next thing somebody else is speaking to this person and, and things are happening in the hearts of men and women around us and, and we're doing our part. But God's, water, God's actually bringing that seed to fruition. It's His job. He brings life in the end to this. So... I'm going to just read a little portion of scripture and then I want to try and just give you five key things to keep focusing on in the season that you're in now, personally in the season that the church is in now, which I believe is still the season of planting and putting seed in the ground and trusting God. So Leviticus 26 verses 1 to 12, and we're going to just read it and then unpack it. So says, do not make idols or set up an image or a sacred stone for yourselves and do not place a carved stone in your land to bow down before it. I am the Lord your God. Observe my Sabbaths and have reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I'll send you rain in its season and the ground will yield its crops and the trees their fruit. Your threshing will continue until grape harvest and the grape harvest will continue until planting and you will eat all the food you want and live in safety in your own land. I will grant peace in the land and you will lie down and no one will make you afraid. I will remove wild beasts from the land and the sword will not pass through your country. You will pursue your enemies and they will fall by the sword before you. 
Five of you will chase a hundred. How many of us are here now? A <laughs> hundred of you will chase ten thousand and your enemies will fall by the sword before you. I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful and increase your numbers and I will keep my covenant with you. You will still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out to make room for the new. I will put my dwelling place among you and I will not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt so that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptians. I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with heads held high. So that, this portion of scripture has a little heading at the top like the Bible has and it's called reward for obedience. So one of the parts is also just to know like in this season, God just calls us to obedience. Blind obedience for, for, for what he has for us and for us to be faithful with that. Um, but there's a couple of parts of obedience. So if I'm looking through this, this portion of scripture has things that we need to be doing and then things that God does. And we're trusting him and he comes through and he does what he does because he promises that he will do it. So what is it that we need to be doing? Firstly, it says no idols. You can go to the next one. Our first fancy bullet point. Next one. Oh, but the, that's got all of them. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's cool. Um, so the first thing we need to do is it says no idols. Um, do not make idols or set up an image of sacred stone for yourselves. Do not place a carved stone in your land to bow down before it. I am the Lord your God. So I just feel like it's something for you to personally look at in your own hearts, but also for a church. Trusting God for a venue, but the venue is not the idol. The idol is the pursuit of God, and He's only the, He's the only person out there that we that we're chasing after is God. And he'll provide all the things and all the measures for the harvest to be able to have space and time. But just to ensure that our hearts aren't after what we need next, but continue to be after God's because He knows what we need next. Um. Maybe it's having a plan. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's sitting for you personally. And just to search your hearts that your God's very clear that, that don't put something else that you feel that is important before me and be chasing after that. And if you, even in your personal lives, if you're chasing after something else, you put that thing at the foot of Jesus and you chase after Jesus because he knows what's right for you and he knows what's good for you. And everything else will become a bit clear. A lot of these things that we chase after aren't bad things necessarily. They're faithful things. They're things that God has given us. But he wants our heart to be fully after him. And only after him, not after the thing. So the first part is the idol's part. <laughs> you can put them all up. That's one. Yeah. That's one. Um, so, so firstly, only God is Lord. Second part in what we can be doing right now. So first part, only God is Lord. What area of our lives is He not Lord? And He wants Him to be the only Lord. And right now in the space and the season that we're in, in the second part, observe my Sabbath and have reverence for my sanctuary. So observe His Sabbath and sanctuary. So Sabbath speaks to, I mean, if you look at the first reference to Sabbath, and the, well, not reference to Sabbath, but reference to a day of rest, which is what the Sabbath has become, is in Genesis. Right in the beginning in Genesis, God creates, creates the world, and on the seventh day, 
he rests. And in Genesis 2, and this is a, I'm just, just the first mention of this word rest, which links to the idea of Sabbath. In Genesis 2 is the first mentions. And in Genesis 2 verses 3 it says that, So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested. And that rested there is Shabbat, which becomes Sabbath. From all his work that he had done in creation. Now that first word for rest, and I might have it wrong, it says Sabbat, or maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. But um, the first word for rest literally means to stop. And the first affection is God himself stopping in his task of creation. And a little further into the story, we, we see another Hebrew word for rest called Newark, which can be understood as to abide in or rest in. And that's in Genesis 2.15. So not much later, it says the Lord God took the man and rested him. Some versions say put him. But Newark means rested him into the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And that rested means this abide. So something of like, well, what do I do to observe God's Sabbath and his sanctuary? His sanctuary is his presence. How do I observe this rest and his presence? Well, even right in Genesis, there's this clearness and this picture of how do we keep the cycle of stopping things that we're doing and abiding in him. And I think so often we have rest a bit confused and what we do is we just stop. We take the day off and we binge on Netflix or we do whatever we need to do. But God's intentions to refill our souls and to keep us focused on Him is to take the stopping, but to be reminded and keep abiding in Him and spending time in His presence. And He wants us to be doing that. That's the second point of what we need to be doing now. He brings through this harvest and the fruitfulness through these things that we need to be doing. So, stop and abide in Him and be in His presence. Quite simple stuff. No other gods. He's the only Lord. Stop and abide in Him. Number three, follow my decrees and commands, He says. So this is for both, again, for church and for us personally. Are we obeying Him? It's a really simple thing, but it's sometimes so hard. Um, I remember Gabe Phillips from the church that we're at in Cape Town Life Changes. He always says, delayed obedience is disobedience. And sometimes it's not just about obeying him, but also if we know that he needs us to be doing something or making some decisions or sometimes delayed obedience is the same thing. Um, so a scripture that I'm just reminded of is just don't be, do, be doers, not don't be, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror where he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. James 1.22 And it's a simple message. <laughs> Just Let's go back to the basics in the season that we're at. Are we checking those boxes? And are we being doers of the word and not only hearers of the word in every facet of our lives? Number four is pursue the enemy. So the part of scripture says, you will, again, which part are we doing, which part are God doing? You will pursue your enemies and they will fall by the sword before you. So how do we pursue the enemy? Reminded of Ephesians. That our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of the spiritual realm. And we pursue our enemies first and foremost through prayer. 
that's the battlefield that is a space where we pursue the enemy and he says i mean he's given a promise that the enemy will fail will fall but we need to pursue and we need to be contending for what god wants to do continuously and just to encourage you it's been a very this is a prayer driven church continue praying you don't always see the fruit of it straight away but god is doing stuff because we're doing what being obedient to our part he does his part and number five which isn't yeah but i'm reminded of it (laughs) is this is the part that we do in this part of the season but there's a scripture in 2 timothy 4 verse 2 which says preach the word it says be prepared in season and out of season so whether you're in the harvest whether you're in the plowing whether you across all of those spaces we need to still preach the word and we still need to tell people about the gospel it says preach the word be prepared in season out of season correct rebuke encourage and with great patience and careful instruction and now let's not stop being people and i'm speaking to myself too that no matter what season we're in it's always the gospel and the good news about jesus that's coming from our lips and i'm, I'm hoping that you can go back to this even this portion of scripture and just say well lord help me to do these five things help me to do it well help me to do it faithfully help me to just jump in but also to look at the other side and see what god can do and see what he's promised that he will do and hold on to that hope that he's promised even though you might not see it going back to habakkuk 3 you know it's there it's coming it's happening you might not see it but it will come but for now just be faithful in this so i love that last part in verse 10 of that big portion of scripture in leviticus it says again that you will still be eating last year's harvest when you'll have no we'll have to move it out to make room for the new and i'm just imagining if the harvest is people imagine being in a space where you still just like these people that have come to jesus and people and and to the point where you kind of have to maybe even just send them to the things god has for them because you need space for the new and this church has always been a church already has sent multiple people to different parts of the country and you know and i think god's also just building a muscle in this church to be a sending church consistently so in closing i just want to share one more and then i'd love just to pray into this i mean we jen me amy (laughs) we're testament of how this church has been a space of god hiding you god keeping you safe god sharpening you god putting you in his quiver god sending you we we know that the two years that we were here god did something in our hearts and our lives and i believe he's continuing to do that in every single person he's got you on this journey and he's working through it and when we got back to cape town the first thing that i sat with is just a and it was strange enough preached at the church there last week but a real understanding of of this whole god creating new wine skins for new wine and i believe that in the space where you are doing these things god's anointing follows that and god fills you with his holy spirit to empower you to be able to you know for people to see the love of jesus as you're working with people and loving people and but when he wants to do this new thing and the harvest is coming he starts by preparing you for that um and this in 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 that last scripture 
It says, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, and a worse tear will result. Neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will spill, and the wineskins will be ruined. Instead, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And I'm just trusting that I believe that God's creating new wineskins for everyone, yeah. Because he's got a future in store, he's got a plan in store, he's got a, a, a harvest that's going to come in. All those things that he is going to do, that, that Leviticus part that is, that he's going to do, he's also preparing us for that so that we can contain that, so we can be strengthened for that. Um, and I think for the, probably the first time in my life, I've experienced what his working of creating a new wineskin is like. And I'm you know, waiting for that new wine and what he wants to do next and, and we're trusting God for that but I just felt to, to, to pray together um, as God as we in this season to encourage you to follow those five things and, and just, just do it fresh do it with all your heart and also to realize that God's busy doing something to build a new wineskin in you for what he has in store and sometimes that isn't easy to build a new wineskin sometimes it's a bit of breaking and tearing and replacing and moving and cutting reminded throughout scripture how God is his gardener and going back to the planting uh, analogy of sowing and reaping there comes this time of pruning and cutting away things that don't bear fruit and for the stuff that does bear fruit pruning it and trimming it so that it bears more fruit and God's in the process with all of our hearts and just to trust him as he's doing that because he's doing that because he's preparing you for new wine and new things and for a harvest that's really exciting so can we pray that good father god we we thank you lord for the promises that you have for Adventure Church, but also the promises that you have for every believer. Lord God, we thank you that you have called us by name, that you know you, you have prepared works for us for your glory before the beginning of time, as your word says. And Lord, I pray that your word that we've mentioned, as John's tattoo says, <laughs> will never return void, will accomplish until it is sent. And Lord, I pray that this scripture that you've, you've, you've shared and put onto our hearts today, Lord God, that you will just challenge us, Holy Spirit. Show us, Holy Spirit, across those parts that we need to be doing in this season where maybe we've gotten a little bit lukewarm, where maybe we've just lost the heart for it, or we've just gotten tired, or we've gotten drained, or the challenges of the world have taken over and we've just missed that part because we just, we just want, we want to see the promise now, Lord God. And in this waiting, Lord, I pray that you will just help us and fill us afresh, Holy Spirit, to be able to continue to be faithful in each of those areas, knowing and trusting that the vision will come, knowing and trusting that the fruit will come, knowing and trusting that the harvest and revival and people coming to know who you are will come. But just to be faithful in that, challenge us with that, Holy Spirit, help us with that, Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, you know what's happening in the future. You know what the, 
the, the, the provision of those promises looks like. And I pray that you build new wineskins, you build new things within us so that when that time comes, Lord, that we're ready. We're ready for what you've got in store. And I thank you that it's an adventure church call, but also it's an individual call because it's your church. And you've called each of us to play a specific role in your church, an important role, which without that role, the church doesn't work as it needs to work, Lord God. So reveal to us your plans for our lives in, 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 in your big mission, in your big vision, to draw and call people unto yourself and to one day come back for a beautiful church, Lord God, that you, you love and, and, and we love you, Lord. So I pray that this journey you will just work with us and reveal to us the next steps. And, and yeah, we just love you, Lord, and thank you for your spirit who fills us. In Jesus' name, amen. I think there's something of a response that's required for a message like this and um, it's, it's, it's an important component to what we're busy with and, and some of the questions that really popped out for me are what stage of the harvest are we in? Because Emmanuel made the statement that even planting and, and plowing is part of the harvest. And, and sometimes we, we are desperate to see the fruitfulness, but we, we forget that there's a, a different stage of the harvest that we're actually in, um, that we're actually busy working in, and we're going to be dedicated to that stage. Because yes, the fruit will come, but if our focus is just on the fruit, we will neglect the, 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 the harvest. And that proverb brings up such an incredible warning of if the, the lazy person is not sowing in the autumn, when they go and search at the time of the actual harvest coming up, there's nothing for them. And I'm sure that's a, it's a, a hefty warning in that. And, and, it, and I just really felt God asking me, what, what stage of the harvest are you in? And, and, and a scripture that came to mind is in Ephesians 4. It says in verse 15, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way, into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And, and it speaks of a fruitfulness, but it speaks of a specific function of the individual components that brings about a corporate growth. And, and Emmanuel's been so... like intentional with making the distinction between the promises that we receive corporately but you can't neglect the promises that you're receiving personally we we have a corporate harvest and we have a personal harvest and and this body is made up of many parts and as each part plays its role each part functions in what it's been called to function as each part identifies where they are in their own harvest so it builds up the whole body. And, and what are we built up in? We become built up in Christ because he's the head and that's where, we, where we're building into. And, and John 15 is, is a, a scripture we were chatting about last night. But it says that God is the, the vine dresser and Jesus is the vine and we are grafted in to this vine. So there's this, this thing of 
this harvest comes out through us and God is busy doing something, but we get to abide in him. And, and these points, the lordship of Jesus, the, the sanctuary, the rest, the distinction between the two rests, I think are just so, so pertinent. So 